0: Society has mistaken wealth to mean money and assets. The Wealth Redefined podcast is focused on building generational wealth beyond the materialistic by focusing on our emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and relational well-being. Together with a cohort of health and wellness advocates, we'll discuss ways to design your own path to true wealth on the Wealth Redefined podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Wealth Redefined podcast. Today, I'm joined by Cherie Prentice, president and CEO of of S Phillips Consulting. Cherie, what an honor to have you here.
1: Oh, Tony, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this interview ever since we scheduled oh, it.
0: Well, what a blessing, because it started off with such a great conversation that you know this just seems like icing on the cake now to, to have to talk to you on a podcast. But yeah, it's just been such a pleasure and such a treat to get to know you.
1: Absolutely. Your warm spirit and the fact that you just exude the the love of God has just made this so extremely comfortable and rewarding. Oh,
0: well, thank you. And kind of on that note, let's talk about what it is that you do, because uh, um not only are you have this amazing story and you're a survivor of breast cancer, but you're now consulting and helping others as well as being an inspiration through your speaking, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about what you do so that people out there listening understand who Cherie is.
1: Absolutely. Well, I've been a physician for 30 years now, and was practicing, had practiced clinical medicine for 16 years before lymphedema, which is a complication of breast cancer treatment, left me disabled from performing the clinical functions of my job. And so having wanted to be a physician ever since I was two years old, now all of a sudden, in just the the snap of a finger, all of that was gone. I didn't know what to do with that knowledge, but I knew that God had allowed me to go through everything that I went through with my education and training uh, as a black female and to to obtain everything that I obtained with honors, it couldn't have been to just do 16 years and, and give it up. And so I knew that I had this knowledge, so what else could I do with it? And then as I began to pray, I realized, you know what? There are still organizations out there that need a healthcare consultant, one that can give them a minority point of view from being black, Slash African American, whichever term you're using now, (laughs) and as a woman, uh, but also with the experience of occupational and environmental medicine, which is what I was trained in. And so, with being able to provide uh, drug testing policies, review their policies and procedures for their employee health programs, or design multicultural uh, marketing that is designed to get more blacks and Hispanics, say, uh, aware of certain health conditions and/or medications. That are out there that could be applicable to them that would improve their health, I realized I still had that skill set even if I wasn't using my hands to actually perform clinical medicine. And so that's when I had the idea to start S. Phillips Consulting as a healthcare consulting business to not only individuals, but to organizations. I have worked with some Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies across the world, and it has been an extreme blessing to be able to make a difference from a policy procedure side, Um, still using my medicine and my healthcare background, as well as my emotional intelligence and cultural intelligence to improve the health and wellness of individuals across
0: the world. Wow! Well, yeah, very well said. Thank you. Now I can see why you're a motivational speaker. Yes. You know. <laughs> tell, t- tell me about that too. So, so I get that part of it, and I want to. I also want to kind of touch on the environmental aspect of because it's a it, uh, therapy, occupational, well, it's and, occupational environmental.
1: and environmental medicine. Medicine.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, what is the environmental medicine part?
1: The environmental medicine part is where uh, part of my training, I received my master's in public health. So we deal with population health and individual health. So the environmental health part comes in. Let's say, for example, you go to Home Depot. You get a product that you're going to use to strip varnish off of your balcony. Let's say you use it and you develop an unusual allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. You have to go to the hospital, and when you looked at the label, the label didn't indicate anywhere that this was a possibility that this could happen. So me being trained now, I can act as a subject matter expert, review that label, because we're trained in material safety data sheets, review that data, look at you clinically, Make a tie to the use of that product to your physical condition and serve as an expert at your hearing to you know, file suit that, hey, I used a product and you didn't even tell me that this could happen. Right. So that's the environmental side, which allows me to work with both individuals as well as corporations.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so how did you get into the speaking aspect of what you do? Was that the, Which one came first, I guess, you know? You know what? Actually, the healthcare consulting came first okay, gotcha, because
1: gotcha, I was gotcha. actually dibbling and dabbling in that um, when I was performing medical record reviews for certain um, ILOs and other uh, corporations but I was doing it on the side, right? Because I had a, a W-2 job at that point. Um, and so when the when I became disabled, I realized, oh, well, what I had been doing on the side was a only a little small portion of what a healthcare consulting business could grow too. So I grew it. But the speaking part actually came from at the same time that I was disabled uh, from clinical practice, uh, Susan G. Coleman was looking for a new national spokesperson. And I thought, well, mm, uh, n- newly unemployed, well, maybe I get dry, <laughs> right? I was a breast cancer survivor at that time. I certainly don't mind opening my mouth. I want to be a blessing to people in whatever way I possibly could. So I thought, well, let me give it a shot. Let me apply. Yeah. And after 586 applications, uh, they offered the get position to me, I promise. I miss you. No way! Yes, 586 applications. Get out of Their here. process was grueling. The audition—I mean, it was an audition wow. and interview. It was, as a physician, it was—it was actually fun because you know I'm used to going to interviews where it's you know varied things about medicine and about developing programs and how well are you with project management and contracts. And now this one was okay, show us what you're going to do when you're on the stage and you have to keep the attention of 12,000 individuals and motivate individuals to do what they can to bring it in to breast cancer. Can you do that? You know, I hadn't had any media training. I hadn't even had any official speaking training. I would never went to a Toastmasters course or anything like that. I just like speaking. I like opening my mouth. I like being a blessing. So I figured I'd give it a shot. And when they offered the position to me, it was that, that was one of the, the the moments in my life where I really felt like, wow, I can move outside of my community and now I can move outside of my state. I had been a blessing to other people in other states, but I didn't see them because everything that I was doing was on paper or via email or rewriting policies. Now I had the opportunity to be present with individuals that were going through Similar struggle that I just came out, there were fellow survivors, they were caregivers, they were co-survivors, they were neighbors of individuals that had suffered from this disease and they felt a need to be a blessing. And I had the opportunity to now go and individually be around thousands of individuals, pour into them and allow them to pour into me. But as I'm now taking the stage for various different reasons, I'm meeting individuals that are saying, you know what? I have a women's conference coming up. Your story, I mean, oh my God, what you said on stage, if you could come and speak, that would be great. That's literally how it began. I literally just began going to church event or women's event or a cancer survivorship program. And then the more I kept doing it, it was actually my accountant that said, I love the fact that you are just using your gift to bless people. And I know that God is honored by what you're doing. But as your accountant, (laughs) you have to start charging for this because at some point you won't be able to pay your mortgage. And so it was He that helped me to get to the point where I thought, oh, okay, I guess I should monetize this. And lo and behold, monetized it. And after. well over 500, oh, it has to be probably close to 650 or 700 keynotes now. Uh, I was wow. awarded the uh, highest uh, certification by the National Speakers Association. There are less than 600 of us in the world. And I was designated with the, uh, given the designation of a certified speaking professional. Wow! After many years of hard work and and tenacity, but I am now a certified speaking professional.
0: Well, congratulations on all of it because it's amazing and exciting. Thank you. Now I have to ask, one of the things that that I'm hearing is is these two I don't want to say versions of you, but uh, experience that changes your life, right? And and what you had gone through uh, and, and beating breast cancer, that how has your perception of wealth changed, right? Because obviously this is the wealth redefined and being a health and wellness podcast. And that what, given that, you know, being a doctor and probably it comes with a you know, nice salary and benefits mm-hmm. and all those great things, but then having gone through what you're, you, you went through, overcoming it, and then helping others and seeing that suffering in others, right, as well. Um, yeah, how has your perception, your definition of wealth changed? Uh,
1: the definition of wealth has changed tremendously. As the only physician uh, in my family on either side in the immediate sense, I had I'd spent my time in my early years as a physician um, you know, we I did make a decent salary and I did sideline stuff, so it even pumped it up a little bit more. Sure. But my idea of wealth at that time was being able to be a blessing to my family, help pull them out of the hole, help, mm. you know, if someone's not working, be a blessing to the family for Christmas so that they had a great Christmas, or if somebody was facing health challenges and didn't have insurance, I would cover the mm. surgical procedure and doing things like that. And I felt that oh, okay, I'm now in a position where I I bring in money, but that money is supposed to help be a blessing to my family to help get them out. And that was the way I view my wealth. It wasn't for me to garner and gather up and hold. Certainly there were plans for the future for my children, for college and for me for retirement. Yes. But for me, I was pulling everything in to be an immediate blessing. Oh, but when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, At the same time, my mom was terminally ill. Mm. I and my dad were her caregivers. So I'm watching her die. Um, I'm facilitating trying to keep her comfortable. I'm now diagnosed myself, faced with the concern that I could potentially go before her or Uh with her. Now, all of a sudden, any monies that I had made, it didn't even matter, right? Because now whatever was left, my kids was going to get it. They'd split it. I couldn't be a blessing to the extended family. And now what? what have i left i've left at that point i was thinking oh i've i've helped at christmas i helped do the surgical procedure because i paid for it i helped put a new roof on someone's head but is that is is that all that's going to be said when i'm gone for the quote unquote wealth or money that i had built up in my short time and now faced with losing life i realize my wealth is based upon what I achieve and bring forth in somebody else's life that is intangible, that is invaluable, that leaves a in their gut this desire to live out their purpose. Because if I'm doing kingdom work, that's really the wealth that I am in search for. So now, faced with how frail this physical body hmm. is and 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 how frail life can be and how it can be stripped from you any moment. When I watched my mom lie there dying with dignity and grace, she didn't care about what was in the buffet. She didn't care about who was going to get the china that was left in the buffet, who was going to get the furniture. The only thing that she was reflecting upon was the goodness of God and all of these wonderful memories and remember when we took this vacation and I so now for me my wealth is is defined by what I am able to bless other individuals with, with helping them to realize their full potential, their purpose in life, the goodness and grace and mercy that we have and what it means to give mercy to somebody else. And if I happen to get an honorarium for that, fine. But if I don't, my needs have always been met and will continue to be met because my motive is pure and godly.
0: Amazing. I mean, we could end it right there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we won't. But we won't. <laughs> um, and, and for you, what was that reprioritization? I mean, obviously I had to repri- reprioritize because, you know, I and now this uh, overcoming comes with a price, right? That mm-hmm. you're not able to to do the job that you once did. So, that seemed just be forced into it, right? But as far as your your I guess personal life, how did you reprioritize that, and what became a priority for you? What did you let go of? And and on that same note, like what advice do you give to people when they're faced with those things? And you know, like now a new perspective that this should be a gift, right? That you're almost given a second chance to look at life in a different, different way. way.
1: Exactly. You know, before before my diagnosis and before I went through everything I went through with my mom and my diagnosis and divorce and all that other stuff, I I, I realized that I would I would go from project to project. Whether it was a physical project or a personal project, you know, it was just, if it was vacation. Okay, I worked an extra job and I saved up for vacation. We go on vacation. Woo! We have five days of vacation. Woo! Fun, fun, fun. Now let's look at the pictures. Okay, now next. Okay, now I have to pay for somebody else to get a roof. Okay, so I work real hard. They got the roof. Oh, Yeah, we got. So I found myself not being present mm. in the moment. I lost so much life. I lost so much time, just working. To give things, again, that were tangible. And then as soon as they're in it, I'm already focusing on the next thing I have Mm -hmm. to do. I gave that up. What I am now is present in the moment. If I have something on my calendar, which I do for later on today, guess what? I will deal with it when the time comes for that. For that event. Right now, I've learned to be present in the moment. I've had to refocus the way I think because as a survivor, there are times if you get a headache or back pain or what have you, your mind goes to, ooh, ooh, is it back? Is this a metastasis? Do I need to go see the doctor? And so you have to constantly work through pushing those thoughts out of your mind. And in order, when you do that, you now remember just how frail you are. So Cherie, again, instead of living in that fear. Live in the faith of I'm here now. What is my purpose for right now? Am I present in this moment? Am I gathering up a wonderful memory that I'm going to feed (sighs) off of for the next, you know, weeks to come, remembering the time that I spent with Tony? And so I had to, to revamp and reconsider, stop focusing on what I considered that I had lost and instead focused on what remained and i'm here and i have goodness in me and i have things to fulfill and to do and people to interact and 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 share forth my passion and my compassion and my kindness and so now i live with hope instead of being concerned about when something may happen hope that i was saved and preserved for a purpose and I'm not leaving here until that purpose has been fulfilled. And being the type A kind of person <laughs> that I am, I want to fulfill it with the A 5.0 GPA like I did my entire life. Because in whatsoever I do, I'm going to do it heartily as unto the Lord. Oh, amazing. And I would tell people don't allow a life threatening, life changing event. Happen in your life before you get it. Listen to the testimonies of other individuals and really take a step back that if what you want in that instant doesn't come, if the the career that you're working on doesn't seem to work out in the way and in the path that you are intending, take a step back and refocus. Acknowledge and determine, well, what are my gifts and my talents? The reason why consulting and professional speaking has worked out for me, because I'm working within the gifts and talents that God gave me. I, I didn't even really need to learn a lot of these skills. I, w- I was already gifted with it. I, I was just using it in a different way. So take a step back and realize, where are my gifts and talents? How can I use this for the kingdom? How can I be a blessing to other people? Because when you do, you'll get blessed. The money will come, a roof will come over your head. Will it be work? Absolutely. It does not Come easy, but anything worth having really <laughs> doesn't. Because even in even in our surrender to God's will in our life, that's not easy. It sounds real easy. I, you could speak the words, but it's something that you really have to wrestle with on a daily basis. Because your flesh wants to get in and take control. Where really, if you're allowing His will to be in place, you'd be in tune with what He would have for you to do. So it it, it comes with a struggle. And I would just tell individuals. Don't get hit with the life-threatening. Learn a lesson now. Realize your purpose now and recognize that no matter where you are right now, you're still not at your full potential because yeah. you won't be until your purpose is complete.
0: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so true. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, on that, how, how have you learned to communicate with individuals from this place? Because obviously you came in here and we just immediately started talking about the Bible and truth being that, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like, we don't get to decide what's, you know, how we interpret it. Like, truth is truth, right? Right. It's singular. But yet, in, in I'm sure in your journey that as, in, in people suffering, I mean, people suffer because they don't know who they are and what they are. And again, going back to purpose and talents and all those things, <clears throat> those are, for you and I, a clear understanding of God. But not everyone believes that way. Correct. right and a lot of times we end up where we end up as a wake up call to turn us to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how have you learned to communicate with those that aren't of, you know, that mind or or that mindset and yet be true to yourself, right? And and bring that word forward and like you said plant that seed like we were talking about earlier. But yeah, how do how did you learn to communicate but balance these two worlds of medicine in a secular sense and then your spirituality which, you know, Dictates everything. <laughs> Correct.
1: <laughs> I would say overall, I have been really blessed because I have been. My grandmother was the first female pastor within the churches of God in Christ wow. ever. Wow! I, I I was raised in a in a family of bishops and apostles and evangelists and elders and deacons and and I'm a licensed evangelist myself, and so. My my spirituality and my connection and my personal relationship with God has always been a part of me. And so I actually had to learn how to... And because I was told to, I had to learn how to like dial it back, you Mm -hmm. know, because people would tell me, oh, Sheree, you know, when you're going to work, especially in the medical field, and, you know, if you're taking the stage, you know, watch Revealing Your Faith and Mm -hmm. keep things neutral. And, you know, there have been times when people would see that I'm a licensed evangelist, so they would ask me to do the invocation. And so I get ready to do it, but they say, okay, but don't, you know, don't say Jesus, you know, leave those, you know, just say God, just a general." And so I struggled. And there were times when I was successful at doing so, but I can tell you that when I was, I didn't feel didn't good. Feel it, nope. right. yeah. Mm-mm. I felt like mm, I compromised. I will not compromise like on sharing the work. I, I, I won't. Right. I won't anymore. And so what I've done is shared it. And and literally when I get up and I'm doing a keynote, there are times when I've I've taken command of the content, right? So I'm I'm doing the content but there are times you you feel the audience you you feel that energy and so there have been times when I would kind of go off off script or you know elaborate and you know kind of go on a little bit more and that was when I felt the leading. And I'm so glad I did because every single time I did, that's when the line is the longest for people to <laughs> come and buy the book, for people there are crying. I was at that point I was going to commit suicide, but I didn't because of what you said. And I knew that I did the right thing because that's what God would have for me to do. And I did it. And I said, you know what? I got in the door this time. If they don't want me to come back, if they felt offended, I won't be back. But guess what? I got them that time. I fed who needed to be fed. So for me, I share my truth. I share my gospel. I share my God while allowing the other party again to share how they may feel about the truth that I'm sharing. And they can share what they feel is applicable for them. I don't pass any judgment. And I simply say, then don't pass any judgment with me. We are listening And understanding and communicating wherever the seed needs to be planted and fallen, it will fall and another person will come in water and God will give the increase. So I don't take offense. And for those that get very uptight and And tend to. Oh, yes, they do. And they take offense with me. I I simply call them out. Oh, you know what? If if the conversation gets to the point where we can't say yay and nay and you feel anger building, then that's when we need to terminate the conversation. Because there is no time, if you read the word, that I should be talking about God and it incites this type of anger. So I simply tell them to stop. Sometimes I'll lay a hand on their hand. You know, if we were initially, you know, affectionate, they gave me that nice brotherly, sisterly hug. I would touch them because, again, the presence of God is in me. So even if I'm not saying a word when I touched your hand or when I hugged you when I left the door or or left out of the room, God's presence was still with you and you'll wrestle with that. You'll wrestle with that. It's not for me to wrestle with and it's not necessarily for me to help you get through that wrestling. It was for me to share my truth and to plant my seed, plant the seed that God intended for me to plant.
0: I love that. And don't you don't you sense though in, in, in a way that as we have as a society now been kind of given everything right and everything's so immediate you can uh, there's really nothing you have to even leave your home for that it's everything is just given to you and it's instant and you know amazon yes 10 minute delivery or whatever you know dropping it from the sky (laughs) that people are realizing that those experiences the hope that they put in future events and possessions and relationships are falling short and they can never seem to find that peace that joy that can only be found in god correct do you sense that now that just there's more of that even though it might be difficult even though there is that resistance that people are finally just kind of given up like i I don't know where to turn anymore Mm -hmm. how how have you dealt with that
1: you know individuals so me personally and then individuals that have come to me and like you stated there's this this instant gratification and i can say that for me it's been helpful i've always been a person for delayed gratification always Same. I'm, I'm i'm don't tell me the surprise i don't care if you got me something january 1st and you said ooh girl i got this for you you're not going to get it till december 31st you're not going to ask you're not going to see me bringing mm-hmm. it back up i'm not going to be anxious about mm-hmm. it if anything when i think about it i'm like ooh i got till december 31st mm-hmm. yeah i'm okay with delayed gratification because i understand and maybe it's been the plight that i've had you know growing up on the south side of chicago you know we were poor. We were po, some people would say. Couldn't afford the extra O and R. We wow. were po. Um, <laughs> and, and, and and having to work through, you know, my educational challenges as a black female in a white male dominated field and society, yeah. right? Through education and the racism that I experienced and all of that. but But when I achieved what I was working hard to achieve, and I got it, it was worth it because I worked hard at it. I worked for it And, and God was with me because he had a purpose for me to use that knowledge right to share. So when individuals get caught up in wanting things right now and when what they want, they can't achieve right now, Two things happen. They become very angry, and they just become angry and uptight all the time. And then, you know, they'll let that anger go because they're reaching out for something else. And then when that doesn't go, it just continues to escalate. Or they get to a place of hopelessness. Everything I try to do, nothing ever (laughs) works out for me. And so you have these two groups of individuals, and then you have the third group like me and you who are okay with delayed gratification wanting to say, wake up wake up. It's okay that you didn't get it now. Maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe that was a door. Thank God that door didn't open because although you would have gotten there, you didn't have the character to keep you there. And just because the door didn't open now doesn't mean delay but not deny. It's coming, but you got to be built up first. You got to be built up. I'm not going to give you something that you can't keep and that you can't use for my glory. So just chill, work on it, and get yourself there. But don't, don't Dismiss the 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 dream or the intention or your 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 what your gut is telling you to go after just because the first door you hit oh my god it didn't open the way you want <laughs> it, it's croaking and cracking and, and we got to give up on this instant gratification there was nothing in life that was ever meant. For instance, even when you come together intimately, it still takes some time. Now, some people may be shorter than others, but it still takes time. It takes work. It, It takes working with another person. So stop thinking and stop becoming so angry when it doesn't work out. Stop giving up of your dream and just giving up when it doesn't work out. Be willing to persevere. Understand that word, persevere, dedication, commitment. These are words we don't hear and use very often anymore.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, but you're bringing it back. Yep. So. <laughs> no, I, I'm. it's it's highly encouraging and, and, and really just an amazing conversation. And for those that are listening, how can they get more of this? How can they follow, support, like all those, you know, great things? Where, where can they find you?
1: Yes. Well, if you can find me out on LinkedIn, Dr. Sheree Prentice. I am on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, I'm Dr. Sheree Prentice. Uh, Instagram, I'm DivaMD7. No, what am I? No, I'm Dr. Cherie MD on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Diva MD seven, the number seven. Um, I, they can obviously go out to my website, www.drcheriemd.com. Um, and I also am the founder of the Live Today Foundation, uh, a 501c3 nonprofit organization meeting the needs of cancer patients and survivors living with lymphedema. That website is www.live today.org. So I'm just plain old simple Dr. Cherie Prentice trying to be a blessing to as many people as I possibly can.
0: And you are. Thank you. And I'm grateful for you and grateful for sharing your story, but also just the amazing work you're doing. And I can't wait for more.
1: Yes, I'll be back.